Every month, hundreds of people join cruise ships as new hires, with big expectations, excitement, uncertainty, and mixed emotions. Our goal on this podcast is to give them guidance by sharing experience from crew members who were in their same spot years ago and are able to motivate and assure those who are interested to apply that everything will be okay at the end. So today, I'm going to walk you through what to expect when applying for a shipboard position, how to do it, how much it costs, where to apply, and which are the companies available, and most importantly, how to be mentally prepared. In all transparency, I'm a former crew member and I wish this was taught to me before I start my shipboard career. Over the years on board, I have learned a lot and I'm excited to share. Today we will be interviewing Alejandra, a former employee for cruise ships and a friend of mine. She will tell us how everything started. When did she decide that going on board it was a good idea? For how long she worked on the cruise ships and the experience that she gained? Here's my friend Alejandra. She worked on board for about five years. She's currently traveling as a volunteer and has been doing this for more than a year. Going to Central America, Great Britain, United States and Mexico. Although Ali is no longer working on board, she has a lot of experience and meet wonderful people while working on the ships. Some of those friends are those who she visit on her travels. I'm Alfie, your host, and welcome to Sign On Crew, a show about revealing and sharing the shipboard job secrets, taboos, and not that secret stories from crew members, so you can make informative decisions and smarter choices when it comes to whether or not applying for a job as a crew member on board a cruise ship. Today's episode will be application process. My guest today is my dear friend Alejandra. Ale, could you please introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, guys. Uh, my name is Alejandra. I'm Guatemalan. I'm 32 years old. I worked for Royal Caribbean for five years. Uh, from 2008 to 2013, and now I'm backpacking, so that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Well, welcome to the show, Ellie, and thanks very much for taking the call. Thank um, you. When did, when did you start as a crew member and how that happened? So that was 10 years ago, right? 2013 was my last year, so I started in 2008 in the kitchen like as a cook then I moved to the reception and I met you <laughs> so when when did you actually just like this you you decide that you wanted to work on board uh, how did you did you even thought about it or did someone told you or just did you saw it somewhere I always wanted to travel and I thought that would be like a great opportunity because you while you work in making some money you are also traveling so you get to see many places and also you well you're making money right so I didn't know anyone back then and it happened to happen then I just found a advertisement in a newspaper um, from Royal Caribbean and I, I applied with a friend and went to do the process and maybe two months later i was on board could you please tell me if there are any requirements in order for you to apply or what was those did they ask you for a certain uh, mm. some sort of training or something at the beginning i mean like you need to go through like 
maybe two or three interviews. So it was a hiring partner from Costa Rica. They were traveling around Central America because in Guatemala, we don't have a main office that will hire you. So these guys were traveling, right, to Central America. And if you pass the first interview, then they ask you for some diplomas or degrees or whatever you study. And how you call this police, the police reports, if you have any records with the police or um, that was it. So not much paperwork, actually. And and how, how did you actually apply? Where did you saw advertising yeah. or it was online? Yeah. What was it? No, back in the day, it wasn't like today that it's easier to find anything online. So it was on the newspaper that I found a little, little tiny advertising of this company that was traveling in Guatemala for a week um, to interview people. And not many people even knew or believed that they were true or what was like going, what, how was it? Like no one believed it. So I went with a friend and we both passed the interview and um, we were supposed to wait for someone coming from Miami because um, that's like the second step, a different interview. And that was it. On this particular uh, application process or oh when you actually succeed after the first and second screen, um, did you have, I mean, on our perception, whenever we try to apply for a job, we don't consider that you actually have to have some sort of, some backup as a cash or some expenses you might need to cover while you're doing your application or not particularly that, but those requirements such as visas and all that thing. How much I know is just, it's been a while ago, but do you recall how much did you need to just um, get out of your pocket in order for you to just pay those things? Wow. Yeah. Let's think about it. I can't remember the exact amount, but yeah, I paid for the first interview. They were charging, but n not much in Quetzales. I remember it was maybe 200 Quetzales just to get in. Um, and after that, it was just pure paperwork, like the visa, as you mentioned. So I think that will vary depending where you're from, right? Um, and then you have to pay for the ticket that wherever you're going to to get on board. But I didn't I didn't spend a lot of money, just like the visa. So I, I know just is because of our listeners, they most of them um, they wanted to apply and then they wanna see whether or not they will be able to First of, uh, if they have the qualifications in order for them to apply, mm -hmm. and also if they do have the, the money in order for them to uh, pay those expenses. You see, during the process, you, you actually have to pay some money to this hired partner in order for you to uh, go through the last interview. That was around 900 quetzales. How much will be that in, in US dollars? About 120. 120. 120. And it's also roughly the same amount for the visa, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that's like the price we pay around, more or less. So, um, I know those things are important, but there's just one more very important thing, which is the medicals. Could you just tell us a little bit more about that and any <laughs> other documentation and how much it actually costs you? So, also, if you don't have a passport, right, you need a valid passport, the visa, and then the medical in Guatemala, I always pay around a thousand quetzales, and that's about a hundred and thirty dollars. 
And when we say medical, it's, um, they send you a list, right? With the, it's pretty much but to, to see like it's blood tests, right? And your lungs and they, they send you the list. So the doctor in the, the, the lab knows like what to do and you just need to pay for it and pass the old test. And the ticket, right? Depends on where they send you to get on board. I know you mentioned it's 120 for the interview, which it was the last one, plus 120 from the, it was visa. Well, uh, you also, before the visa, you do have to have a valid passport, as you mentioned. Yeah. And I think if, if I'm not mistaken, that passport have to be valid for at least six months after your assignment is over, if I'm not uh, getting that wrong. Yeah, How much do you pay know. roughly for a passport? And I know that just depends on which country. But if anybody is listened uh, from um, Central or South America, it more likely be be the same. And how long the visa will last for? Well, it will vary. But for me, my passport was valid for five years. And when I got my visa, it was valid for five years as well. I pay like 200 quetzales for my passport and the visa. I never pay for a visa again because I just worked five years for the company. It will be roughly about 500 US dollars if just... It does depends where you need to fly to. And in this case, uh, it was US, right? Which part of US did you flow to? Yeah, they sent me to Miami. That's not really just like that expensive right no it wasn't thank god it might be accurate about 500 us dollars and probably just some pocket money that you might require in order for you to join i think it's a good number to count with and and, and have it in mind and if you have that money while you are trying to apply i think you will be okay after you got all these documentation ready how long it took uh you or it took them for you to get an assignment uh basically not more than a month it was pretty quick the whole process from the time that you actually saw the advertisement you reach out the company and you were uh stepping on your first cruise ship how many days months roughly you believe that it, it took two months maybe no more than that from the time that you board the, the vessel it took you probably 15 days if i'm not mistaken in order for you to uh receive your first paycheck is it oh yeah yeah two weeks right Just so two, about two, two weeks, weeks as soon as you mm -hmm. came on board so roughly you took about two months uh from the time that you saw the advertisement, you submit your paperwork, you pass all these interviews and you flew into uh, Miami after you got all these documentations and roughly it cost you about 500 US dollars and then you do recommend as well uh, have a little bit of pocket money, probably about 200 US dollars uh, for anything that it might occur either in your travel or perhaps while you are there for the first two weeks before you actually get your first paycheck, right? Yeah, definitely. That's a good, good, um, good idea because you never know. And also you, you have to wait, right, for the first payment and that will take like around two weeks. So it's good to have some extra cash with you. It's probably a long time ago, but uh, if you remember roughly just like uh, how many suitcases i know the the actual assignment that it, they give you the first one how many months did you were assigned for on your first contract eight <laughs> eight months so i guess yeah. that's a lot of luggage or at least what i can think of right yeah i was wrong because i took a lot of things with me but then i start 
learning and realize that you don't need that much while you go to work because you get uniforms on board and you work in um, you know seven days a week so you pretty much don't need a lot you know don't pack a lot of things it was a big mistake for me the amount of suitcase that you brought with you uh do you recall how many you got and just like i mean did you pay overweight in order for you to to bring stuff into the ship Yeah, I did because um, I took a really big bag and it was like super heavy. And then I regret, I regret like the whole time because then your your room is it's not that big either, you know, so you can't feed. Ugh, it was a disaster. <laughs> so just bring with your small small bag. So I know you mentioned about these uniforms and obviously those uniforms or mostly you do have to uh, pay for them, right? So that you, yeah. is something that you uh, probably our listeners have to bear that in mind when they receive in their uh, first paycheck because obviously that will reduce whatever they earning, right? Yeah, that, that's correct. So they will take it from your first payment. Um So you don't need to worry about that because you just need to work two weeks for that. But you won't get all the money at the beginning because you need to pay for your uniforms and shoes and whatever they said you require to be safe and wear on board. Ali, if you could go back in time and then get that, um, what was that, 20-something-year-old Alejandra and say yeah. something to her in regards about what she was packing on her, on her first contract. Anything that you might remove or you basically, you will take out of those suitcases? Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll travel with small bags, definitely. <laughs> with basics. Basics. Just one, one of each things. Or PJ only. Socks. I don't know. <laughs> so I know off the record, uh, we were talking and you mentioned to me that there was some toiletries that you uh, that you thought that, I mean, for myself, I also when I first traveled, I, I brought all my toiletries with me. But uh, could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so I was, um, well, I didn't know, right? So I took with me the huge bottle of shampoo, huge bottle of everything because I, I thought I wouldn't have any time to go out and buy anything like that, right? So I was like, wow, I'm going to be on board eight months, so I need a big bottle of uh, conditioner. So that, that's why my, my bags were, like, super heavy. But you can buy it in on any any port or even inside the ship. They have, like, small, small like, mini supermarkets where you can buy whatever you need. So it's no need. <laughs> No need to bring with you that many things. Talking about that uh, little, I know they call it a slop chest or just sometimes just just the name of the ship and then this, this little market. Uh, yeah. How is those prices related to uh, what you were used to in your country? Are they reasonable? Are they expensive? Mm, well, I think they're not that bad because you're earning in a different currency as US dollars in our case, correct? Well, and, um, and I remember we used to have uh, discounts too on board as a crew members. So I don't think the prices were that bad. I mean, but if you do like the conversion between dollars and quetzales for me, it might vary, but you earn in dollars. So you will spend on dollars. I don't think it was that bad. <laughs> 
before we get back to our conversation with Ali, I want to touch base on what is a hiring partner. They basically are the middleman between the cruise line and the employee. They will do the first screening of the application process and will keep you in the loop about the following interviews. Also, they will provide you with location about where you can do your medicals and service intermediary until you get an assignment. Just a quick note. This might vary from country to country and is not the only way to apply. You can also do it by going online into the Cruise Line websites and look for careers. That way, you won't have anyone in between, which equal also be an option. Normally, these hiring partners do not charge for their services, or at least as per my experience. You could also check online for official hiring partners for the Cruise Line that you wish to work for. Now that we have some clarity about how the hiring partners work, let's get back to our guests. So Ali, um, while you were doing these interviews, I know you mentioned this about three filters, and could you just um, tell us a little bit more about those uh, interviews, how it was, it was in your own language, it was in English, and how was the approach, what kind of questions? I know it's been a long time, but if you could uh, remember a little bit of what kind of questions they ask you um, and the papers that you have to bring to those interviews? Mm, sure. Um, well, I remember um, all the the whole process and interviews were in English, um, even though um, my hiring partners were from Costa Rica, but the company's American, right? So I'm assuming that's the reason why everything has to be in English, right? And after that, when I passed that interview and uh, they scheduled me to have another one with the person coming from the main um, office, uh, it was a recruiter. I can tell now that he's from India, but... Um, also, the interview was in English. On the first interview, when you had this uh, first contact with the hiring partner, what did they ask you? A little bit of yourself, but also questions regarding of the position that you are applying for. Um, like any other job interview, right? Like a little bit of your experience, where, you, where is your actual job and what you do. And... Um, you know, it's just that that was the first one was like pretty general. I, I think and I'm assuming they just want to kind of know your English level or if you have knowledge of the position you are applying for. At that particular point, um, how your English was? I know uh, I've been knowing you for a few years already and I can tell right now that you're uh, communication levels and your vocabulary is just way more extensive than when I met you probably four or five years ago. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, my English was, I don't know, basic. It wasn't, it wasn't great. Um, so you don't, you, I mean, if you, if you're going for the first time, I think it's it's a good also it's a good option for you to learn more and improve your English skills if you want to, because mine wasn't 100%. That's for sure. And I learned there with people from around the world, 
trying to communicate and have fun all together because sometimes, well, we speak Spanish, but other people speak other language, but the language we were speaking there was English, right? What I'm asking you this is just obviously not to, to, to point this out, neither to embarrass, n not yourself, no, no, neither no. myself, but um, I know of most of our listeners are from um, uh, different countries which uh, they are not native speakers on the English, mm -hmm. right, uh, language. So uh, neither ourselves. So we, we, I can tell you uh, from experience, and probably you can uh, say the same thing, is that you do not require a perfect English or perfect way to speak in order for you to apply to uh, these, uh, especially these entry-level positions, right? Yeah, that's a hundred percent true. So. It's not it's not like if you guys think that your English is not the best, that's okay. I mean, you can definitely improve it being like by being working there. That will be okay. If I was fine there, I think everyone can make it. <laughs> <laughs> Ali, when um did you have like when you were tr uh, going through that process uh, of learning the language, English uh, particularly, did it, there was anything uh, throughout this process that actually helped you the most in order for you to achieve this uh, level of English, uh, of communication and fluent level? Good question. Oh God, I don't know. Yeah, I can tell you for myself, one of those uh, things that it make you improve my level of, English or the way that I was communicating, it was just checking out these movies and I obviously switched them into English. I never switched them in my mother tongue. And I have these subtitles in English as well uh, in order for me to understand those words and have them in my vocabulary. If I didn't know one, uh, if I didn't know any of the words, then I used to write them down and so on. But I, I know I like to study a lot, but you are just more like the social part. So is that <laughs> anything that it just helped you improve? Like when you were meeting yeah. friends? All right. So you, you are like, um, you're pointing like a really important part of my, my learning process because uh, movies and shows and all that, it helps a lot. Also music for me, you know, to have the... Spanish translation to you know the meaning of the word if you don't know but then you stop doing that and you just like kind of going through how you write that oh that's the meaning of this lyric and then slowly slowly you will get there but I was just going to the bar pretty much every night <laughs> so well, we yeah like we don't socialize with people and and I didn't understand sometimes and I was just laughing so I think it's just more to It's really important if if your attitude is more like I don't know relaxed and, and open, entitled to socialize, because then you will lose that fear of talking. Because if you're wrong, no one will notice or care that much. Because a lot of people are from different many cultures and countries, so I think that's how I started to lose that you know be shy like the shyness of speaking so well that that's definitely just a good insights especially for anybody who believes that uh might be an impediment in order for them to apply to the job uh, they do not really require just a high level of english in order for them to apply and just the no. conversation is a conversational no, level right 
Yeah, and especially now that, that it's so easy that you have your phone and if you don't understand something, just go through the translator. So now we have more tools to make it easier than back in the day, like 10 years ago. So, I mean, it's okay. Now, uh, going into the the positions that you actually apply on the very first time that you join on board, did uh, the hiring partner or the actual recruiter or the person who you spoke on the last interview give you any choices in regards about the positions on board and or it talks about anything that might fit your your profile? Well, no, right? Because my degree was like it's a like chef culinary i don't know how to translate it properly right now culinary so, arts perhaps yeah 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 that's that's correct thank you <laughs> um so that's why i applied to that position so uh you mentioned the very first position or the very yeah the very first job that you got on board the cruise ship it was as a chef right yeah well. would you do you mind just like go a bit more extensive of what it was that uh, they sell you and just like what expectations do you have when you first spoke mm -hmm. with this um, the hiring partner about this uh, job description sure sure so the idea I had it was not of what it was when I arrived because it's massive, right? We were talking about 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 people. And even though I worked before in hotels and, and had experience with a you know big amount of um, parties, that was just different level of people eating 24-7 every day. So the description tells you like more or less what you do and also tells you that you will work seven days a week, like long hours sometimes, most of the day. But you never imagine how it is until you're there. So you need to be prepared that um, you need to know that once you're on board, you, you will work hard. So I didn't know I was capable, my mind and my body, to work that hard. So I'm pretty proud of what we did. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. You do have to be open-minded, as you mentioned, and just as well, um, the expectations is might differ of what you've been told or the, what they actually told you. How accurate this this description of this job was for you when they first told you, uh, this is what we offer you, you will be joining as a chef, uh, you will spend about seven to eight months on board, work for about uh, eight uh, eight hours plus a day, and basically with no day off, seven days a week. Yeah. Anything else that they actually mentioned to you or anything that it was different when you actually uh, went on board? No, not really. They're, I mean, like they're pretty, they, they make it general when they explain to you on your contract or letter of employment, can't remember how you call that, but um, I was really excited. So <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I mean, like yeah, I've worked in the kitchen before, so I'm so happy. But it is completely different, and and any position you apply for, is not the same working on land, go on board of any of these ships, because um, just work nonstop. You have fun, yeah, but it is a hard job, long hours, 
and lots of rules, lots to do. You're always busy, so it is completely, it's not the same, like land and on board is just completely different. So I think whatever they tell you, um, the description of any position is just it's basic, you know, it's general, but um, no one will explain to you how the experience is 100% or the beginning, I guess. They would just well, tell you it's hard, right? Like seven days a week and long hours. <laughs> Well, this is kind of the idea of Sign On Crew. Uh, this show is basically just mm -hmm. to give them uh, more insights in order for them to just get mentally prepared and just not, great, not yeah. come with just uh, those surprises, no? Um, yeah. Talking a little bit about of the companies, you mentioned uh, you work for Royal Caribbean uh, International, uh, such as myself, but we all know that there's just a lot of different companies out yeah. there would you mind to mention some of them yeah well lots of them right like um what disney the disney cruise line um the norwegian cruise line the princess they have the carnival to mantour yeah know. definitely there's just as well just <laughs> some uh, other companies such as silver seas which is a luxury oh. company and then i think virgin oh. cruises uh, are coming oh. up Uh, very soon, if not, they are already out there and they're all uh, hiring tons of people because they do require... Virgin, like the airline. Yes, or... definitely, yes. That's the Virgin Airlines, yeah. But right. now this will be just uh, Virgin Cruises. So uh, it's Richard Branson who will be just leading this industry as well. Anyway, uh, as you mentioned, just definitely there's a lot of them out there. Uh, they can look up uh, our listeners. They can go ahead and look up their websites and yeah. just check them out as well, no? Sure. They have a lot of information now, and I think it's easier if you, any of you guys would like to try to apply. There will be a lot of um, information now that you can get before make a decision. <laughs> If you could, uh, Ali, if you could go back in time and um, somehow uh, give you just uh, with the experience that you got right now, would you apply on the same position as you uh, first joined the cruise line? Oh, my God, no. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think I'll apply to go to the kitchen again. I don't think so. Like what? Why is that? And which position would you actually would like to actually try um, mm. as first first time on board the ship? So this is a tricky question. Because um, we might like something, right? But I don't know how it is working right now in Guatemala since I'm not there and I haven't tried in a long time to. You know, or I haven't think about going back, or maybe sometimes it crossed my mind, but I don't know if they have li like the list of positions limited by for for us. You know, like Central Americans can apply the first time only for certain positions. So even though you would like to apply for a different one, you just can't, right? So I might go to the bar instead of the kitchen. 
Definitely. So, uh, why the bar instead of the kitchen? Uh, you you talking about workload? You talking about just uh, long hours, uh, different environment? Uh, what is that? It actually just bring you to the bar rather than going sure. into the galley or kitchen, how they used to call. So I think for me, the environment definitely, because um, you get more chance to like vary your schedule like play a little bit more with that so more time off or sometimes you just work a lot more but also you can get tips so you might make more money and that will be up to you and your service and your charm <laughs> your attitude <laughs> yeah definitely the attitude is very important and it's just that start of that charm that you mentioned Ali if you don't mind if you could describe a little bit the accommodation because it's just something that usually oh, come sure. up as a question uh, the cabin and just uh, what was your first impression would you when you first arrived into your um, your room wow well they are small right obviously they have to be small um, and I was sharing just with another girl, I think Royal, or I don't know any other companies how they work, but we were sharing only with one more person, which is okay, right? Um, but uh, as a first time of living and sharing, it was a little hard to adjust to live with another person, but um, it wasn't that bad. So you have your own closet, you have half of the room is yours, right? You're sharing one bathroom with that um, person as well, but um, tiny space, super small. So I know just as well the 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 big question that comes um, hand is about whether uh, you you get a bunk bed or you actually just go um, the one on the bottom. How how it, it was for yourself? <laughs> uh, well, for five years. <laughs> This is how it works. If you're lucky, you will get the bunk beds. But once um, your roommate is living before you and you got the top bottom, the top bunk, sorry, then you will get the, the, the bottom one. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah, and I know that's just the preferred one, right? It's just easier to climb and it's just when you're tired, you don't actually just want to go all the way up and then just yeah. uh, play on right. with the lights, uh, just do the climbing up and down uh, every time that you need to rest. While, while you just been working for 10 hours and then you need to climb and we finally rest and the next day, you don't want to wake up and just like go down. It's like, ouch. <laughs> But... Maybe your roommate is leaving soon, so you know that bed is yours in a month. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, that's if you're lucky, right? If you're lucky, so yeah. <laughs> Ali, do you mind describing some of the benefits that uh, people will, or just uh, some of the benefits that any crew member uh, will be getting while on board? Sure, sure. So, well, I think if, if, if you see all the positive sides, are more than one. Um, If you're focused on on saving some money, I think it's a great opportunity for because they give you food. You're not paying for accommodation, so you're not paying for food, electricity, um, for the basics if you're on land. So if you really want to save some money, you can because you're earning different currency as your dollars. So that's um, that's good. And I think salaries are not that bad, and if you focus on that, you definitely can. Um, also, as I said before, the discounts on board for crew members are really good, so you, you can buy like good, good quality 
items of uh, any brands. Is that the duty-free that you're talking about? The duty-free, yeah, or, or food in general. You, you get quality of stuff if you're buying because you get discounts on everything, correct? So that was all right. I mean, it's good. You have the laundry there. Um, you have a TV there. Only the internet is a little bit expensive, but um, meeting people. I mean, you're meeting friends. Uh, visit a lot of people that I met there and like 10 years ago I still having those friends so that's priceless too. <laughs> I know you mentioned that it's just be, uh, pretty hard with in regards about the hours and no day off and the length of the contract especially on the very first contract that you have in the yeah. kitchen or galley but with all these having Uh, as a cons rather than pros, what did make you stay that long? Lots of different factors were like super positive and, and a big impact and influence to, in order to stay and go back once again and one more contract and one more. So basically the people, friends I made there, it just really like another family for you. And traveling, And being on, to in a different country every day sometimes, it, it is just unbelievable, right? I loved it. Also, you have really good um, discounts on board. You're making money, so you're able to buy. And I'm, I'm, I don't want to sound like materialistic, but um, I mean, like, you work hard so you uh, can treat yourself as well, right? By going out and having a nice meal or buying yourself stuff or buying your family members some souvenirs from the places you're visiting, etc. So I think the whole environment as a crew member, it's great. I just, I will never change that. I will just go through again the same thing just to meet the friends I made there. Because they're still my friends right now. And that was 10 years ago. <laughs> so. Wow. Well, definitely just as you mentioned, it, it, it did make a big impact in your life and also my life and probably a lot of crew members where for they sure. actually travel abroad for the very first time. And one of the things what we were uh, talking offline, it was the fact that when you first joined the, the ship, especially if you join in your 20s, uh, you, you come from your home, right? So it gives you that yeah. sense of independence or... Oh, yeah. That it definitely just is very tasty. It? <laughs> it was just, <laughs> uh, priceless again. <laughs> yeah, especially our culture. I don't know people, but myself, uh, I was 23. And, you know, it's just like you just go to work and you go home and you go out weekends, maybe. And then all your friends are getting married, so you just not even see them. So it's a little bubble that you think it's, that's everything. But I had this chance to explore more and see like a 360 degrees different, like big change in whole scenarios and different cultures and different stories. Wow. Perspective. 100% different. Open mind. It yes. Definitely. Yeah. It opened, it opened your eyes, right? To the world. Yes. Cultures. Like, you don't know. We don't know everything. You just need to go through the experience to, you know tell if you like it or not but i think we all do just like it's just human thing friendship is it's sharing you just, you learn how to share because you, you live with someone too right all the time you're just 
sharing your space where you eat with more people. But you, I remember myself always laughing. You know, I, I was working hard, but I always have so much fun. So no regrets. <laughs> Great. Uh, so um, just we nearly at the end of the interview, Ali, and wanted to ask just what was the difference between on working on board or working at home or uh, Guatemala? Uh, what what was the difference that you believed it will actually just impact your life as you going into a crew member rather than staying at home working in a hotel, as you mentioned Uh, offline. And the most important, I think it was just meeting people from around the world. I have to say that again. I'm sorry. <laughs> If you want, uh, I can just um, say the, the, the question in a different way. Okay. Let's say you wow. go back to that 23-year-old Alejandra. And if she took the decision of staying at home and continue working until the age that you're right now. Wow. or going abroad and just joining this experience as crew member would it will make a difference in your life or would it just it will change oh, a lot of things <laughs> just who i am right now definitely my just, my personality my i grew up being surrounded by other people so i was i i i I learned how to be by myself, how to take care of myself, how to be positive, how to interact with people, how to be open with all the cultures. Um, I mean, it's just like it, it built my strength. I mean, you need to be strong as well. So it, it just built who I am right now. Yeah, definitely. I could say uh, that your confidence is just being just building up during those okay. years. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> yes. That's true. Ali, well, nice. uh, I want to thank you. Thank you very much for being here. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you want to tell our listeners, Europe, in your opinion, uh, working on board is a job worth experience? Yes or no? And just one bullet point that you will say why. Well, I say yes, because sometimes it's even hard to explain unless you are or where you also work in a cruise ship before you will understand what we're talking about so i will encourage anyone that has that feeling of going away and how you say that again i forgot um, overseas or abroad yeah overseas or in our case It, on board that will be a good experience you just have to try and see how it goes but give it a try because it's hard to explain it is i mean we can explain just the rules and the basics, but if you don't go and live it yourself, it's just different for everyone too. But I will give it a try. I will say that. And finally, Ali, what is it that you took from working on board that you wouldn't change for anything? Oh, my friends. I have so many cool people around the world that we stay in touch or sometimes we just talk for birthday or Christmas. I know we are friends, family. We were family. We are. So, priceless. Thank you, Ali, again for being here and we talk to you soon. Sure, no problem. Thank you. Thank you. Remember, even though working on board a cruise ship could sound fancy, there is nothing about luxury when you first arrive into your cabin. Depends on the position that you're applying for, but generally it's quite a small and typically you will be sharing. 
we will continue to share these and more insights on the life on board while working on cruise ships, so you can get a clear picture. Also, bear in mind that this show is based on our experience. What we could see as bad, you might perceive as good, or vice versa. Depends a lot. Depends on a lot of factors, such as background and expectations. I hope you found today's episode helpful. I would like to thank our guest Alejandra for joining me today. If you like our work, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or whatever podcast platform you use. I will be very grateful if you could leave us a review and share it. If you have any thoughts on today's episodes or topics you would like me to further touch on, email me at alfie at signoncrew.com. Thanks again and see you next week. <music>